Place to be Nation Wrestling. Welcome to episode number four, Before I Was a Mark. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and this is the Pod Blast series where I will go back each episode and watch three matches that predated my wrestling fandom from late 1986. Uh, we'll go to various promotions, look at different, like Japan, or we'll stick with WWF, uh, you know, NWA. We'll go back if it predates uh, our crop, my Crock and Roll podcast. We'll go to Memphis. Um, so tonight, we actually have uh, matches from uh, the WWF. We have a match from Memphis, and we have a match from the Houston Territory. So with that, <clears throat> I'm going to jump right into the first match. And this one was really interesting to me. So we all know that Hulk Hogan, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, you know, when he came in, he beat the Iron Sheik in 1984. What I did not realize at the time when I became a fan, I had never heard of Bob Backlund. I didn't know about Bob Backlund's long title run. I did not know how he predated Hogan. And really, if you really truly think about it, he bridged the gap. Uh, there would probably be no Hulkamania if it weren't for Bob Backlund and the infamous Iron Sheik winning the belt uh, and Skull of throwing in the towel and Hulkamania was born from there. So in some ways, Backlund has a lot to do with Hulkamania being born. So I don't know if he necessarily gets enough credit for that. Um, but yeah, definitely kind of kind of reminds you a little bit of when Hogan came into uh, WrestleMania 93 and came and took the belt off of Yoko after Brett lost the belt. So <laughs> Hogan's kind of got, I might be the extreme case, but Hogan obviously has a trend of this. So I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. But what I found is, and what I never realized as I'm doing searches for matches, is that Bob Backlund, as WWF champion, actually faced Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. And, I, and it, it happened a couple times. Uh, but this one we're watching tonight is from April 12th, 1980. It is found on YouTube. Um, it is from the Spectrum. So um, the Spectrum has already given us quite a few treasures. I know JT and uh, Scott on the Place to Be podcast did MSG. So I do tend to avoid MSG matches on purpose because a lot of those have been covered already by them in great detail. <clears throat> but this one is from the Spectrum. It is Bob Backlund defending the WWF title against Hulk Hogan. So a little bit of history as we'll get into it. Backlund won the title on February 20th, 1978. And like I said, ironically, he is the bridge to the launch of Hawkamania when he lost that title to Sheik in December 83. Hawk at this time is a heel um, at this time, and he wrestled his first WWE match in November, on November 17th, 1979. So again, for me, uh, starting watching in 86, you know, the only thing I knew is like if you watch the TV shows um, and a lot of their intros, they had Hogan pinning the Sheik. Um, in 1984. So as far as I knew, Hulk Hogan came in in 1984 and beat the Iron Sheik, and he's been the champion ever since then. But nope, uh, 1979 is when he debuted in the WWF. So um, Dick Graham and Cal Rudman is on commentary from the Spectrum. So unlike the last episode, um, I did remember Dick Graham's name. I should know it because I'm watching a Spectrum. Cal Rudman was a DJ. I'd never heard of him before, but he was on commentary. Hogan comes out in a very colorful rainbow cape. No music. Backlund's out in a puffy red jacket with Arnold Scollin. It's good to see, uh, basically, uh, my announcing staple of childhood, Gary Michael Capetta, doing the intros. So that was really good to see. Primarily, again, Michael Capetta, I knew primarily from the NWA. Um, he was at a lot of the events live that I've been to, and he was an NWA staple. So I had no idea <clears throat> um, at the time that in 1979, he was uh, at the Spectrum doing intros. There's a big size difference here. Apparently, this is a co-main with Zabisco versus Bruno, which we all know is a hot feud. Um, they, repre they repeated several times that Bob was at uh, Children's Hospital earlier today. 
Um, so really getting him over as that babyface champion and the children. So really that vanilla kind of babyface. Um, they shake hands to start. They take turns shoving each other into corners. Bob dazzles Hogan. <coughs> this is great. Uh, Matt wrestling and stands tall on escapes and taking Hogan off his feet, setting him outside. Crowd goes absolutely bonkers for uh, Backlund taking Hogan and frustrating him. Uh, Hogan wants to test his strength, and Bob complies. Bob holds his own, but eventually gets, uh, but eventually he goes down to his knees, and um, Hogan kicks him in the gut for good measure. But Bob escapes and takes Hogan off his feet again. Hogan lifts Bob into the corner and sets him up on the ropes, but Bob swings at him, backing Hogan up, which crowd absolutely loved again. Uh, I really like Backlund so far. You can tell he's a really feisty baby face. Uh, but you take him legit, like everything he does looks legit, and I love how he's standing up to like kind of the big bully Hulk Hogan. <clears throat> Backlund grips a wrenching headlock, even as Hogan tries to toss him off and holds on. Hogan eventually escapes, but Bob, with some quick moves, takes him right back down again. Hogan gets a slam and an elbow, but Bob pops back up and does the same exact moves to him. Uh, there's more headlocks. Bob really digs into the headlock with a lot of force. Hogan finally lifts him up and hits a backbreaker, lifts him up, slams him in the corner, and then there's another back backbreaker. Then he works his, his arm in an arm hold as the crowd cheers for Bob. Bob, um, Bob goes between Hogan's legs and lifts him up and slams him way out, but Hogan uh, goes right back to the arm. Announcers ask each other if one day they think Hogan will be champion, which I thought was pretty damn funny. They also say that he needs to learn how to use his brute strength better if that were to happen. Uh, there's a lot of arm work in this. Bob goes for a deadlift out of it, but Hogan holds tight. Bob goes again for a deadlift again and gets it, which super impressive. You have to see it. Uh, he puts Hogan to the ropes and he slaps him. Then there's a power slam, a drop kick, uh, but Hogan now gets a bear hug. Bob fights back, but fades to Matt. Uh, by the way, I also need to mention Dick Worley was the, uh, a really great at officiating in this match. Uh, Tommy Young uh, could pay attention to one Dick Worley and how he does refing. And um, I'm sorry if you like Tommy Young, uh, if you listen to NWA Crock and Roll, uh, five-time referee of the year, Tommy Young, uh, should not be any-time referee of the year, Tommy Young. But that's personal opinion. <clears throat> Bob fights back with some more and turns the bear hug into a pile driver, which looked absolutely amazing out of the bear hug and puts him into a pile driver. What a spot. Uh, Worley counts both down, but Hogan gets up and hits a suplex. And it's really great. Like, they keep doing these moves to each other. Dick uh, keeps doing the 10 counts on him. So there's, like, there's a suplex that blo that's blocked. Then he hits one of his own for two. Uh, Bob then misses a leg drop, which Dick also counts him down. There's a Hogan airplane spin, but he stumbles. And then Bob <coughs> gets back up with a spin of his own, stumbles into the rope, and both fall out. But Bob holds on as he falls out, and he actually places Hogan on the apron as Bob stumbles to the floor. And Hogan rolls back in as Dick Worley counts to 10. So Hogan actually wins the match by countout. Hogan throws a fit as he wants the belt. Uh, Bob comes back in. Uh, the match is announced at 20, 29 minutes. Uh, Bob wants some more of Hogan, but Hogan bails. Um, guys, this match is amazing. There's some slow spots, uh, but they all played into the story. And the last 10 minutes was actually tr very, just tremendous. Uh, Backland is amazingly strong. Like, if you have never watched Bob Backland in, like, a main event for his title in his run, go back and watch him because I know you've most, a lot of people have seen him in his 94 run um, with Brett when he won a title for a night and lost it to Diesel, but... He is super impressive in strength. He's super impressive in his quickness. Uh, he is super impressive as a spry babyface that doesn't put up with shit. I just loved it. Um, and uh, maybe one of the best Hogan matches I have ever seen. And I know that says a lot. Like, if you think about pure wrestling, I mean, Hogan's had good matches with Warrior and Hogan's had good matches with Savage. But if you want to think of it from a pure wrestling match, like, 
just want to watch a Hogan wrestling match, go back and watch this. Um, I absolutely like great wrestling. Watch this match. And shockingly, guys, I'm going four stars on this. And um, some people might disagree, but I absolutely loved it. 29 minutes for me never got boring and just told a great, great story. So go out of your way to find this one. My next match <clears throat> comes from Memphis. It is from October 10th, 1983. Uh, and it is Stan Hansen versus Austin Idol in a bunkhouse match. And obviously, uh, Idol right now is a manager in the current NWA on uh, <clears throat> the Billy Corgan era. And Hansen obviously is retired. Um, obviously, we spent a lot of time on Hansen already in this pod and YouTube roulette. He's turned in quickly to one of my favorites. So probably any opportunity I get to watch a Hansen match, I'll probably do it. So this one's outside of uh, Japan. And we are in Memphis. This is weird. So Hansen uh, had at this point and spent a lot of time in all Japan wrestling and literally was in Memphis for a month just for this feud, which I thought was really weird. And this was the last match between the two and then Hansen was out. So literally for like three to four weeks, he came to Memphis, then he was gone just for this feud. Idol had actually returned to the CWA, which was the Memphis territory in February 83, after he had spent some time in Crockett Promotions. So the start, Austin charges into the ring and Hansen bails out. Lance Russell's on commentary. Hansen... <coughs> is wearing his chaps and beating the crap out of Idol. He throws him outside and beats up on him some more. Idol pulls Hansen off apron and throws Stan into the ring post. Then he chokes him with the ropes. Back in ring, Hansen pounds on Idol, grinds his knee into him. Idol throws some punches to Hansen's face and knees him in the crotch multiple times. Hansen pulls a rope out of his boots and chokes Idol. The ref, chop, the ref chops Hansen to get him to stop, uh, which was amazing. And <laughs> like to see a ref chop Stan Hansen was great. And then... Uh, Hansen starts chopping him back and uh, hits him with the rope and ties him to the turnbuckle, which was amazing. Idol pulls a tire rod um, out of his boot and chases him, but Hansen knocks him down, grows the tire, grabs a tire iron, and tries to kill Idol with it. Uh, Eddie Marlin comes out to stop it, and Hansen hits him with a lariat. Then he beats on the rest some more, and Idol back up and beats on him with the tire iron himself, and Hansen bails out and walks out. Uh, Eddie Marlin plays dead <coughs> in the ring. <coughs> um... Marlon then goes to the table and tells uh, Lance Russell that Hanson is suspended and Hanson is done in Memphis, which held true. Um, you know, guys, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I thought this match kind of sucked. Um, and it could have been way better. I mean, Hanson had way, way better matches. And Idol wasn't really super impressive here. I mean, it's just a lot of punching. And, you know, for me, just never really got going. Um, I'm glad his Japan stuff is a lot better. But I actually only went one star on this match. And I could probably see where some people would like this match as kind of a Memphis-style brawl, but <clears throat> this match definitely, definitely was not for me. So um, don't necessarily need to go out of your way to watch it. There's a lot of better Stan Hansen matches out there, and <clears throat> maybe one day I'll get to an Austin Idol match that I'll enjoy. But um, yeah, no go for me on this one. All right, our third and final match of the night. We are going to Houston. And one wrestler who you know I've kind of, again, grown to like in the Japan watches that I've been doing uh, Dory Funk Jr. taking on a Billy Robinson. And this is from the Houston Territory, January 16th, 1981. So, <clears throat> brief history here. Dory, at this point, had spent the majority of his career in the NWA and won the title on February 11th, 1969, and held it for four and a half years. Billy spent a lot of his time in the AWA and also spent time in Canada and Japan. <clears throat> um, one thing I always liked about the Houston Territory, we covered a lot of Houston back when... Uh, the WWE Network went off the air and we did a summer special on Crock and Roll uh, looking at uh, matches that were pre-Crockett, but we actually had a two-part series on the Houston Territory. Um, 
And aside from uh, Paul Bosch and his commentary, who none of us really like because he's very boring and mundane, and they've had some boring matches too. The one thing I did appreciate about the Houston Territories, they always had cross-promotional matches uh, from all the territories, so it seemed fitting these two would meet here. Like all the champions, all the wrestlers from Mid-South, NWA, AWA, or wherever would always come to the Houston, and you could always kind of get a multi... It was almost felt like a this was the place to go in Japan. Like Houston and Japan always seem to be those safe places where it didn't matter where you wrestled. You could go to Houston and do it. So I thought that was pretty cool. <clears throat> um, so I thought it was pretty cool that these two staples, one of the NWA, and one of the AWA had their match here. Um, one note about Robinson. I had never seen a Robinson match before in my entire life. Um, but one thing I did read a note on as I was doing research is Lou Fez, um, who's considered by many to be one of the greatest champions of all time, actually considered Robinson the greatest wrestler ever. So let's see if that holds true. <clears throat> so Billy is a current Central Wrestling Association champion, whatever that was. I did not look that up. Um, as stated, Paul, uh, pa Paul Bosch on commentary. And like I said, if you've listened to Crock and Roll, you know my feelings on his, croc uh, croc on his commentary. Um, so let's see. Um, he So basically... Um, he runs down Robinson as being a Brit and runs down where Belly has wrestled. So basically gives us the history that he is a British wrestler and uh, that he, uh, in that he again uh, runs and basically all the places he's wrestled. So the list that he lists is pretty impressive. I didn't write down every single place, but it sounded like he's wrestled all over the world. Um, lots of tie-ups and Matt holds and Billy uh, gets a leg takedown and the two stand off. <clears throat> More tie-ups and Matt wrestling. Billy gets a hammerlock, and Dory hits him with a back elbow and sends him flying out of the ring. Billy back in while Dory with uh, forearms, hits a nice lift, uh, lifting backbreaker. Robinson with a stretch hole with hands behind Dory's back and knee to his head, which looked pretty good. Uh, really, basically, lots of pure wrestling that holds between the two. Crowd, by the way, is absolutely dead for this. They're, you know, you see a lot of arms folded and things like that. Uh, Dory finally fires up with firearms, uh, forearms and a slam. Forearms look really good and stiff. Dory with a long face lock. Billy blocks a suplex. Dory goes for a butterfly suplex, and Billy blocks that too. <clears throat> there's more forearms by Funk. Billy hits a flying forearm off the ropes. Then there's a rude awakening type net breaker. They collide mid-ring and both fall to the ground. Dory up first, but Billy gets an abdominal stretch. Robinson then gets a Boston Crab. Billy another lifting back breaker, but hurt his knee on it. Dory goes for a crab with one minute left, and Billy twists out. Billy hits a butterfly suplex for two. But Funk gets up, uh, gets up and does a spinning toll hold with 15 seconds left. Billy escapes <clears throat> another flying forearm off the rope for two. And the time limit expires at 20. Uh, there's a draw and they shake hands. So I looked it up. According to Cage Match, these two wrestled a total of 10 times without either ever getting a win over each other. Um, honestly, the match doesn't set the world on fire. And depending on your wrestling taste... Um, could outright see some people hating this. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, I thought both men kept the match moving, even if it didn't have a lot of flair to it. Um, again, kind of a pure wrestling match. So I'll go two and a half, and this might be high, but at the end of the day, it kept me engaged. And it was my first look at Billy Robinson, so I might go check out maybe some stuff from him um, as we move forward. Dory Funk, I love, even though Dory Funk, I, you know, if you look at the two Funk brothers, even in 1981, uh, Dory already looks like he's like 90 years old and, um, just interesting to see him in the ring because he's actually really, really good. So with that, those are our three matches tonight. So the only one I could truly go out of my way to recommend for you guys that if you go out of your way and say, man, you really got to watch this match, um, go back and watch Backlit versus Hogan from the Spectrum on April 12th, 1980. Um, you could totally skip the Hanson versus Idol match. There's nothing to it. 
Um, if you like pure wrestling matches and just want to see some good mat work and just two pros just kind of going at it from a wrestling standpoint uh, for 20 minutes, uh, definitely go check out Robinson and Dory Funk Jr. So with that, uh, those are our three matches for this episode of Before I Was a Mark. Um, you can find me, um, you can actually go back and listen to all the, uh, all the quadipods, uh, Place to Be Nation, Jenny Position, North-South Connection, and uh, also the pop feed. So with that, I am Sean Kidd. I will see you on the next Pod Blast episode of Before I Was a Mark. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>